following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Pastor Phil. Thank you, thank you. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) Wow, I got to follow that. I get to follow that. You get Ricardo and Randy together, that's a railroad train. That's two R's. I call them thunder and lightning. I really do. I really do. What a joy to have song leader Ricardo Sanchez with us. Every time he comes, I get excited. I'm thrilled to have him. His family is very precious, and he's got three tall young men, young ladies, if you're looking for something to marry. They're all marrying material because uh, they've been raised right. Would you stand? I love you. I know you've been standing all day. But would you stand and turn around to somebody and say, Happy Dad's Day. Would you do that? Happy Dad's Day. To all you that are, to all you that are online today, we welcome you into our 11 a.m. service. We thank you for being here. And remain standing. I'm going to read a scripture right quick because we gave the music more time today than normal. So, That means less time for me unless I want more time. I've been here longer than dirt. A father like none other is what I'm talking about today. You know, I heard not long ago, in fact it was a few years back, but I heard an old preacher say, the two hardest things to do in life, number one is to climb a fence that's leaning towards you. That's hard to do. And number two is trying to kiss a woman who's leaning away from you. <laughs> so I hope you men, you men, you fathers, I hope that when you go to kiss your wife today, she ain't doing you this number right here. I love you tons, and I'm not taking it back. They gave me 23 minutes on the screen back there. Don't look at that clock. I will, not you. Joshua chapter 1 said, After the death of Moses came to pass, the Lord spoke to Joshua, Son of Nun, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore rise and go over the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Now, I'm talking about a father like none other. I love you today. This is a great day. I'm happy to be a dad. I'm going to talk about my family some today. Please indulge me with that. But I want to talk to you from a father like none other. God bless you. You may be seated. Glad to have my dear friend Wayne Ahart with me today. He's a father of a lot of children in his life. And one of those children is a board member of our church, Doug, his son, and his son's with him today. So, We've got three generations over here. If you're a guest today, we welcome you. Thank you for being in the house of God. I'm going to enjoy today. I get to talk about dads. This is Father's Day. And I speak to you about an obscure father in Scripture. His name was Nun, the father of Joshua. Many believe that Nun passed uh, due to Egyptian slavery, and Moses became Joshua's surrogate father. Nun was the physical, biological father, and Moses was the spiritual surrogate. I want to give you a little little story here. His name is Greg at 43. He's a dentist. His entire body is wrapped in Velcro, and he is suspended on a high wall above the ground. 
Anyone want to speculate why? The answer is simple. A dare from his 11-year-old son. While driving past a carnival one day, the father and the son spied a sign saying, Velcro wall. And the son said those taunting words, Dad, you would never do that, would you? You ain't got it in you. And his son caused him to do something that he would never have done. So the dentist put on a suit covered with Velcro. With the help of a huge bungee cord, he was launched high into the Velcro wall, and there he stuck. And all the while, his son was cheering for him from below. Dr. Gregg demonstrated one of the greatest qualities of fatherhood. He showed sticking power. <laughs> Dad, you got to hang in there. Today I want to talk about fatherhood. This is your day, Dad, so let's enjoy. A recent report showed that there's more long-distance phone calls made on Mother's Day than any other day of the year. Don't worry, Dad. The same report said that there are more collect calls made to home phones placed on Father's Day than any other day of the year. Dad, you're important. Would you let me talk to you a little bit without repercussions? Would you... Would you let me, let me just speak. In countless studies, authorities have found that the likelihood of criminal activity, delinquency in minors, and suicide and depression, drug, alcohol abuse, and teen pregnancies increases enormously if one factor is missing in the home, and that's a dad. Must have a dad. And children raised without the influence of a father are two to three times, according to Dr. Dobson, more likely to have behavioral and psychological problems than the children who have fathers. 70% of those incarcerated in detention facilities were raised without fathers. And 75% of teen suicides and 80% of all psychiatric admissions among youth share the same common trait, no dad in the home. Young men whose fathers die before they reach adolescence have the greatest difficulty making a successful adjustment in marriage. And women who feel that their fathers abandon them exist, uh, exhibit greater promiscuous behavior in adulthood. Dads, we have a role to play. I want you women to clap your hands for the father of your house and say we have a role to play. A very important role. A daughter of a single father cried one day when her dad, when her dad dropped her off at his mother's house. And as he turned to leave, his daughter cried, Daddy, don't go to work today. And he turned and hugged her and he said, I have to, honey, because we have to eat. That's the tension that most fathers feel. We must be important in the home, but we also must be important in the marketplace. Balancing the two is never easy. Sometimes we fall off the balance beam, but what you have to do is get back up on it and keep trying and walk like a man. You know, there's some strange therefores in the Bible. I found one in this text. Moses, my servant, is dead. The Bible said, now therefore arise. God's tone was tender, yet strong. Joshua, Moses is gone. He's not going to come back. Now get up and get going. God knew that Joshua would not move one inch if he felt that Moses was going to be coming down Mount Nebo again soon. He loved him too much, and he was waiting on his father, surrogate father, to come. Who is this Joshua? He's a son of Nun. Nun was named right. We know nothing about Nun. Nothing. He never spoke a word. Probably died in Egyptian bondage, as I said. He never spoke a word. But Lazarus didn't either, you know, when he was resurrected from the dead. He never spoke anything that was in Scripture. But his resurrected life spoke volumes to the people. None must have been a great father. 
because fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. And Joshua was a great young man. He had attendant virtues like courage and loyalty and humility and respect. And that comes from great fathers. And I believe none was a religious man. Joshua was given the name Hoshea from his father. It means salvation. Perhaps he thought his son would be the Messiah, the deliverer, the Savior of the world. In naming Hoshea, he showed a trait of a godly father. He showed affirmation. He affirmed his son when he was born. And when none passed from the scene, Moses came along and renamed him Joshua, which means the Lord is my salvation. He became a man that left his own salvation to a Lord. God is my salvation. So let me declare that godly affirmation is one of the three keys to being a godly father. I'm going to give you three little keys here today, and then I'm going to let you go, and you can go, go to Dairy Queen. You can go to Mexican food restaurant. You can go to a steakhouse. You can go to Papa Do's. You can go to Papa Cita's, whatever you want to do. But give me three or four minutes of your time on each one of these points. Everybody say affirmation. Say it again, Dad. Say it again, Dad. Say it again, Dad. That's what I want you to say is say it again. <laughs> oh, you didn't get it. The first team didn't get it, and the second team didn't get it. I guess the third team, we won't have a third service, but maybe they'd have got it. Ever made a list of a list of things that not that you need to do, but a list of what you would have done differently if you had life to live over? If you could have done it all over again. Chief on my list is I would have praised my daughters more and corrected them less, and that's a fact. Not that I was hard on them, but I would have praised them more. I admit some things today. I've allowed others that I have pastored less fortunate with their children make me correct things in mind that didn't need correcting. And on the other end, I've allowed the same people whose children were not applaudable to stop me from applauding my own kids for fear of hurting someone's feelings. I openly apologize to my daughters in the first service today, and and wherever they are now, they're probably behind stage. They were in first church. I apologize to them again. If I had a second chance, I would tell them over and over and over and over and over how tremendously proud I was of all of them. They all live for God, and they still do. None died, and Moses took the reins in Joshua's life. And one day when Joshua was fighting the battle of his life in the valley against Amalek, the people of flesh, Joshua looked up to the mountain, and he saw Moses his spiritual father holding up his hands like this. And on one side was Aaron, and on the other side was her helping him lift his hands. And it had to be the greatest feeling in all the world that a young man could experience. My dad is for me. And he's up there on the mountain, and maybe he's too old to be battling down here, but he's still for me. He's affirming me. He's holding his hands up for me. I'm fighting the battle of my life, and my father is behind me. So I told my girls in first church today, and I'll tell you here in this second service today, I'm holding my hands up still for my daughters. I'm holding my hands up for my grandkids now. We're going to have nine in December. God, when will they ever stop? <laughs> and dads, I'm holding my hands up for you, spiritual sons in the church. And fathers, I'm holding my hands up for you. And congregation, I'm holding my hands up for you. I affirm this church today because I believe this is a great church, a glorious church, a church without spot or wrinkle. And Jesus Christ loves Christian life. Austin, clap your hands and rejoice to that right now. <laughs> Dolores Curran 
did a study of 500 professionals who counsel families. She said there's 56 traits of a healthy family. You know what number two is? It's affirmation and appreciation. It's saying, I love you and I appreciate who you are. Sometimes dad loses that with our expression, but sometimes we lose that to our dad with our expression. If you're sitting beside your father today, you ought to reach over and pat him and say, Dad, I appreciate you today. I think, oh, that was quiet. We got one daddy that got appreciated today. Do it again. Do it again. I'm talking about godly affirmation, not flattery. Peggy Noonan is a great speech writer. She wrote for Ronald Reagan back in his day, but she talked about youth who are victims of self-esteem movements. She said they're, they have a wholly unearned self-respect. This is her writing. I'm just reading it. No, she said an unearned ad admiration for themselves. They're conceited, she said. They're just conceited. And she said, I'm not sure how that will play out as they hit the adult world. What will happen to them when the world stops telling them what they have been told for the first quarter century of their lives, that they're the most wonderful thing, they don't have to do anything, everybody gets a ribbon, nobody has to achieve, nobody has to excel, nobody has to go the extra mile. I always want to tell them the only kind of self-respect that lasts is the kind you earn by honestly coming through and achieving something in your life. I could take an amen there, amen. or a Baptist nod, nod, or a Methodist cough, whatever you want to give me here. The only way you'll make a lasting impression on yourself is by coming through and achieving something. However, dads, as long as your kids are fighting the enemy below, keep affirming them. Keep your hands lifted up. And when you sense them tiring, encourage them. And when they give up, don't praise them. Correct them and say, get back in the fight. We're going to win this thing in our valley, and we're going to come out of it together. <laughs> Author Kenneth Erickson said that for the first seven years of a child's life, he or she will hear seven rebukes for each praise. Dads, that's fine when instructed, but the problem is that some dads never grow out of that. And as a child develops, correction should become praise. I went to a funeral several years ago. A man in the church, his father had passed. I didn't know the man, but I went to the funeral because the man attended here. And a daughter got up and re reminisced about her father and told the qualities with such ease. I love when Kids talk easy about their parents. And when she finished, I felt I knew the man, although I'd never met him. And I wondered how I lived my whole life without even knowing him. I missed it. Her point? When people were around her dad, they said they felt better about themselves because her dad had a gift of encouragement. He never talked about himself. He always lifted other people. He always was a lifter. Come on, dad. Be an encourager in the home. When you walk in, let the spirits of your children lift up again and again, and again, and again. The second thing I want to share with you today is not only say it again, Dad, I want to tell you about time. You need to do it again, Dad. Everybody say, do it again. Yeah. Dad, do it again. I heard these words all my young dad life. Daddy, catch me. And they'd jump in the pool and I'd catch them. Get out. Daddy, catch me. I've already done it. Do it again, Dad. And I'd throw them in the air in the pool, let them splash, and I'd catch them because they... They didn't want to go under the water. They just wanted to hit the water but not go under. And I caught them again and again and again. All dads have heard it. You know, my kids, my kids love the tickle game. They loved it. They used to hold their hands up in the back seat and tickle each other and see how long they could take it. And when they could take it long enough from their sisters, they say, Daddy, turn around and tickle us. I'm driving. It's okay, Dad. Mama can see the road. Tickle us, Dad. 
tickle us. Dad and I'd tickle them under their arms until they would just fall over laughing. But they never, ever got enough. One time I said, girls, if you don't stop that laughing and tickling and giggling, I'm going to stop the car. Well, what you going to do then, Dad? I'm going to get out. Then what you going to do? Well, I guess I'll just get back in and drive. <laughs> we read Joshua's name associated with his father at least 30 times. They just go together, father and son. Joshua, the son of none. I miss the days of girls crawling in my lap, me singing, reading, tickle me Elmo stage, just holding them. You know, one rant Munwin said, Dads are most ordinary men turned by love into heroes, adventurers, storytellers, and singers of song. That's why a little girl giggles when her mama says she can't have ice cream because she knows her daddy's coming behind. He's going to buy her that blue bell, all the blue bell she wants, and mama's not going to ever know. That's how it works in our family. I don't know how it works in your family, but I live this long and I'm going to live a little longer. Which brings me to the second of my to-do over list. If I had to do over again, I would have spent more time with my kids. I traveled a lot. This church thing got in the way. And I know, I know that sounds like that I am backing off from church, but I would, I would have given more time to my kids. There was a young man named Brooks who had a dad that was an important man. His dad's name was Charles Francis Adams. And he was a United States ambassador to Great Britain under the Lincoln administration. And when Brooks was eight years of age, something special happened in his life that was noted in his diary. He said, I went fishing with my father. Most glorious day of my life. And throughout the next 40 years, he never forgot that. When his dad passed, Brooks inherited his father's diaries. Curious as to what his father had written about that day, he turned to the appropriate day and read the single sentence. Went fishing with my son today, a day wasted. And it broke the young man who now was a middle-aged man's heart. Contrary to what school tells you, love is spelled T-I-M-E. I'm going to clap myself for that. Come on. Come on. Come on. Wow. Where your treasure is, is where your heart's going to be. It's time for dads to quit spending just seven and a half minutes a week with their children. Mother Teresa said the world is turned upside down instead of right side up. She said we have no time for our kids. We have no time for each other. There's no time to enjoy each other. Sometimes we excuse quantity time for quality time. And when kids are small, we never know what moment, that a moment will be made with them that will register with them for the rest of their lives. I remember my dad. I remember my granddad. Actually, my granddads, I had two of the finest granddads, both on the patriarch and the matriarch side, teaching me to pitch washers, teaching me to play dominoes at Mangum, Oklahoma, Town Square, and teaching me how to drink coffee. I hated it. They told me it would cause hair to grow on my chest. I didn't want hair on my chest. And then, that was before Starbucks, but when Starbucks came, I got saved. I got saved. And now, I'm drinking Summer Moon, and I've been born again. I really have. Because why, why, why celebrate something from Seattle when you can celebrate something in Austin? Come on, give me a hand clap for that. And I remember, I remember raking leaves with my dad, just raking leaves, you know, and then we'd set fire to them. We lived in the farm. We'd set fire to them. And the smell of those burning leaves just made you... 
I don't know if it was drugs. I don't know what it was, but man, it smelled good. And the lasting smell would go to me, go with me to bed at night. And now when I smell that, it takes me back to those days. Let me say one more thing about this. Church parking lots are many times empty on church days. I'm glad it's not the way even in the pandemic here at CLA. But ballparks, golf courses aren't. They're full. Please listen today. I know this sounds old-fashioned. But the greatest place you can spend your day with your kids and time with your kids is an hour still in the house of God. Come on, let me talk to you. I need somebody to help me preach right now. They won't forget that ever, 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 ever. Everybody say, tell me again, Dad. Everybody say, do it again, Dad. And the third one and final one is, our, is worship. Show me again, Dad. Show me how to worship. Father must lead his family to worship. Father must be the leader of worship in the home. Where did Joshua summon the courage to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Where did he get that? He had to have got it from none, his father, or surely Moses, his spiritual dad. But see, many people do not realize this. Watch this now. When Moses got the word from God that he was going to take him up to Mount Sinai 50 days after Passover, Moses woke up in Exodus 24, 13 and 14, and he took his servant Joshua. And he went to the elders that went, the 70 elders that went part way up the Mount Sinai, and there was Aaron and Hur there. And he made this statement. He said, wait here for us until we come back to you. God didn't say take Joshua. Moses took Joshua because Joshua needed to be in the presence of the Lord that Moses was going to be in. A lot of people don't know that scripture's in the Bible. But dad, if the God of heaven is good enough for you, he's good enough for your children. If he'll bless your life, he'll bless your kid's life. And this generation shall praise the Lord and, and pass on the praise to the next generation. And that generation shall praise the Lord. It's time for our children to understand there is a presence of God that still moves and works and administers. And the Holy Ghost is still active in the church today. Somebody say, when I go up, I'm going to take my children with me. Guess what? Joshua, the Bible said, lingered in the tabernacle. Do you realize that a kid wasn't supposed to go in the tabernacle? You realize that? Moses snuck him in. He put him in there where all the priest stuff was going on. He put him in there to show him all the beautiful artwork and all the beautiful handiwork of what was happening in the inside of the presence of God. And so Moses taught Joshua two things. There is a God's presence and there's a house where God's presence abides. And here's what I want to tell you. I don't care what job you have. I don't care what your occupation is. Dad, you can be a worshiper. You can be a worshiper. And you can be a consistent father in the house of God. Is somebody hearing me right now? As I said last week, I'm preaching better than you're clapping. But there's nothing greater then let your kids feel the presence of God and let your kids love the house of God that works in our life.
Joshua got a love for God and a love for his house. A lot of people are clogging the arteries of the road today, going somewhere, nowhere, anywhere. But I believe that there's a better way to spend your morning on Father's Day, and you have chosen that way. Some dads are parked in front of TVs today watching reruns of old sports games that they already know the outcome to. Sometimes a power failure might bless homes and make memories in lives. Dads, I, I beg you to turn the TV off today when you get home and make a burger, make a hot dog, or buy a George. Go by and get you a Chick-fil-A. No, you can't get that today. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's closed on Sunday. <laughs> Woo! He's closed on Sunday. You my Chick-fil-A. He's closed on, I love that. He's closed on, so go buy Burger King and get you what you want. Lead your family in worship. And in my to-do over list, I have no regrets in this area. I'm so glad I brought my kids to the house of God. And I'm glad I taught them to love church. And I'm glad I taught them to fall in love with Jesus. Have you ever tasted water from a water hose? No matter how old that hose is, the water never loses that hose taste. <laughs> you know, every now and then when I spray water the yard when Circle C won't let us do it because there's a shortage of water, I go out there and do this. I want to drink from that hose again. But you know what we've got to do as dads? We've got to shorten the hose between me and God and between our children and God. I want my kids to taste non-polluted, pure water of the Holy Spirit. I want them to taste the pure water. Not water tainted with my personality. Not water tainted with my flaws and my problems. I want my kids to have God's very best. And dads, when we fail, and we will, our Heavenly Father shines in perfection. David said it this way, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me I'm closing. I did pretty good. They gave me 23 minutes and I'm a minute over. I tell you what that proves. That proves that the older you get, the more lessons you learn in life. And I'm learning lessons. Lord, you're patient with us. Help me be patient with everything in life. I'm really bothered by this pandemic. I don't mind telling you I'm bothered by it. I'm bothered by the fear. I'm bothered by the way that this has all been handled. But it's all right. It's okay. It's okay. God's going to see us through. Amen. And I thank you for being here on Sunday, Father's Day. Give yourself a hand. I thank you. <laughs> Members of the Sunday school class were asked to draw pictures of God. And the pastor was invited to look at the pictures, and the kids were to explain why their picture was God. And the first girl drew a rainbow. She said, because when I see rainbows, I think that's God. The next child drew an old man in a billowing cloud. He said, I don't know how old God is, but I just see him floating around. Another drew Superman. <laughs> he said, that S could mean Savior. <laughs> and the last little girl said, I don't know what God looks like. So I just drew a picture of my dad. George Strait 
one of my favorite, next to Ricardo and Randy. But George Strait sang a song a long time ago, Daddies Don't Just Love Their Children Every Now and Then. It's a love without end, amen. Hear me. When you've loved all you think you can, love some more. When you've given it all you have to give, give some more. These kids need parents, moms and dads that love them. Everybody say, say it again, Dad. Everybody say, do it again, Dad. Everybody say, show me again, Dad. Because someone is watching, someone is waiting, and someone is listening. It's called children. And can I say in closing right now, I thank God for a sweet wife that when I was having to travel so much for organizational work, I thank God for a wife that was there. And so I honor the mother of my children today. And I thank God for kids that caught it. And the next generation is going to be greater than our generation. You know, Joshua never was afraid of the giants. He came back and stood on against Shua and said, we can take that land. He believed that water of Jordan was going to roll back. He believed Jericho was going to be defeated and they were going to conquer because he'd been to the mountain with his surrogate father, Moses. He'd been in the house of God with him. He learned the power and the presence of God in his life. So Mother Teresa says it best. She said, what can you do to promote world peace? Go home and love your family. Thank you, Mother Teresa. I quote her a lot and I never met her either. I'm humble today. This is my 31st Father's Day with the church. I'm humble today. And I'm excited that you're here and it's unique circumstances and situations and, and the clock's running right now. I'm on the negative side. <laughs> but I love you and I want to bless you. So bow your heads and join hands. Let me bless you, dear Father. You're our wonderful Heavenly Father and we love you. And thank you for your affirmation. And thank you because you never get tired of waiting for us. You give us time. And thank you, Lord, because you're a God that we can worship. We honor you today. Now bless this church. Bless these people. Give us all a wonderful, wonderful, happy, happy day. May the hot dogs taste better than ever and the hamburgers be just right. And may we just laugh and rejoice. And may Dad get spoiled today, including me. In Jesus' name, amen.